Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 192 of Yogaland. Hello there. Hello. Here we are. We are going to keep talking about home practice today, and we're going to focus on poses that we are enjoying practicing right now. Yes. While we're at home in shelter in place. So the first thing I want to give is a tiny bit of context. Right now, because we're all sheltering in place, pretty much all of the physical things that I'm doing other than taking little walks is my yoga practice, right? So I'm not at the gym. I'm not training jujitsu. So and you're it, not jet lagged. And I'm not jet lagged. <laughs> so I feel pretty good. I kind of have more physical energy than I've had in a long time. When I have less physical energy, a lot of times, even though I'm known for teaching a pretty strong practice, a lot of times my home practice is super mellow. It's really quiet and chill. For now, I'm really inclined to be pretty robust and to move a lot. The first thing that comes up for me in terms of something I'm just incorporating pretty much every day, not super intense, but it works really well, which is a shoulder slash neck opener version of Garudasana. And I'm going to show it because there's eagle a- pose, Eagle pose. Eagle pose. Because there's just a, a little tweak or two that I've accommodated and it makes a big difference in the pose, right? So typically what's going to happen in eagle pose, Garudasana, one elbow goes on top of the other elbow. And then if you're sensible enough about it, the elbows are going up and away from you. It's that elevation and that forward motion of the elbow that creates the lateral motion of the scapula that we want, okay? So that's the beginning of it. But then what I'm really liking to do from there is then squeeze the forearm strongly together and tilt both of them while taking the head in contrast to that. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. So when the right elbow is on top, you keep the elbows right where they are, but then you tilt the forearm slightly to the right and then take the head the other direction. So what that does is that gives you all of the upper back, shoulder and neck opening that a typical version of that poster, posture provides, but it makes a little bit more dynamic by including more humeral rotation, more rotation of the upper arm. And then that contrast adding more length in the neck is getting into upper traps, scalenes, levator scapula. Some of those things that for me are really tight right now because my head is so forward in my device, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So that's becoming a really big one. The next thing that's coming up for me a ton isn't a pose in and of itself, but it's another shoulder opening variation that I'm putting into everything, which is the action of interlacing the fingers behind the back, right? And reaching the arms back. So in all of my standing poses, whether it's warrior one, warrior two, warrior three, I'm kind of putting it into everything. There's a detail in there that's really important, which is when you interlace the fingers and you take the arms back, a lot of times people focus on it primarily as an anterior shoulder opener but you also wanna make sure it's a posterior shoulder strengthener. Oh. So you're not just pulling the arms back, you're also retracting the scapula. You should feel the muscles of the upper back actually working really hard to draw those shoulder blades in and down. Are you trying to like engage your triceps to pull the arms back? Um, or do they not pull the arms back? Yeah, the they do pull the arms back. The, the triceps straighten the elbow. Okay. So what is elevating that arm 
is a little bit more complicated. But what we want to put into that is we want to make sure that we have the scapular, the muscles that line the inner border of the scapula active. So that feeling of hugging the shoulder blades in and then using that to drag the chest forward. Mm. There's one more thing to consider because this comes up for a lot of people, which is especially right now because so many people are practicing right now that are newer to the yoga practice, right? And a lot of people, when they reach the arms back, they're not able to interlace their fingers. So you want to use a belt, you want to use a towel or something. But when you do it, you want to set up, I don't even know if we'll catch this, but you want to set up so that if you're holding something behind you, the palms are forward. Okay. So if I'm holding a strap or a belt or a towel behind me, my palms are forward as I'm reaching the arms back instead of the back of my hands are reaching, okay. are facing forward while you reach the arms back. Why is that? Um, because when you take the arm bone back, preferably you take the arm bone back with the arm is in externally rotating. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not wrong or bad if the back of the hands are facing forward and you're going back. That's better than nothing. But when the palms are facing forward, that means you will have externally rotated the upper arms, which moves the upper arm bone further away from the insertion of the pec major. So you get a little bit more anterior shoulder opening if the palms are facing forward when you do the pose, mm -hmm. right? So those two things I've been, like every standing pose, I'm, I'm going back and forth between those two things for a few breaths, pretty much everything. The third thing that comes up for me, and these all kind of have a similar theme. The third thing that comes up for me is a lot of down dogs. Mm -hmm. And I have been doing down dog with an indulgence. And that indulgence is that I've been taking my hands wider. I've been turning my hands out a little bit more. And hopefully no one will ever watch this episode or listen to what I'm going to say. Because I have also been allowing those shoulders to hyperflex. Hmm. So meaning, so when you're in down dog, if you are a teacher and you are telling your students, don't sink into the shoulders, that's a good thing to tell students not to do. If you are a student and you have heard your student, your teacher say, don't sink into your shoulders. That is a good thing to listen to. But right now I'm not listening to it. <laughs> and I'm allowing myself to sink a little bit further in the shoulders because I know what to look for. There's no, there's no subacromial pinch in my mm. body when I do that. And it feels so good to exaggerate. It's light. It feels so good to exaggerate that chest wall opening, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. There are the things that are the standard bearer techniques. But then there's also these things where you can make some minor iterations of that standard bearer technique. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't sink into my shoulders the majority of the time for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But right now where I feel all cooped up, allowing myself to actually accentuate that and kind of break out of that path is really nice. Yeah. Last thing that comes up for me, backbends of every sort. I am not the world's greatest backbender. I don't have You're the- a very strong backbender. You're not like a ridiculous contortionist backbender, but you are. You have really nice backbends. I have pretty balanced Spoken backbends. Spoken from a person who has pretty crap backbends. So for me, I feel like, I, I agree with you. Like I feel like the backbends that I make, I don't have a massive backbending vocabulary. 
intermediate and high-level backbends that require a ton of motion. I just don't have a ton of motion. But everything up through wheel pose and a, a few po- yeah, and a few poses okay. beyond are good and strong and deep for me. But I had really taken a big hiatus from doing many backbends. Because like I said, when I'm spending more time training and more time fatigued, then my yoga practice, I, I, don't, I don't do postures that require as much outlay. But now that I'm wanting to really work in my body and come up to these thresholds, it's been so, be feeling so good. And this is almost like a mini sequence, right? A handful of standing poses and openers where I'm working Garudasana. A handful of standing poses and openers where I'm working this interlace. A handful of down dogs where my arms are going further up and back. And then a transition into more backbending work. And I have been, you brought this up, inverted staff pose or Viprita Dandasana. One pose after wheel pose in a sensible progression. It has been, I'm just in love with it. Oh, that's it's good. like it's everything that my body has been wanting, even though prior to this last month, those hadn't been the things I'd been emphasizing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I completely feel you. Like my practice has been really different during shelter in place, too. And for me, it's been pretty positive as well, because and I don't know if everyone out there is feeling like this, but I'm not spending, you know, at least an hour a day driving her to school and back. Yeah. Sometimes when you're away, it's two hours of my day driving her to school and back. So I don't have that driving time. I don't have that panic of getting up in the morning and getting her ready for school. And you're home. And we just, what have we got but time on our hands right now, right? So my practice is feeling good too. And it's been a real treat for me to be able to do actual online classes, live stream classes. I usually have some time while she's at school, but it's sort of I mash together like a workout and a yoga practice and maybe my yoga practice gets like 40 to 45 minutes. So for me to do these hour, hour and 15 minute long yoga practices have been felt so good. But I will say for myself that I am kind of accepting and embracing my overall hybrid personal practice. So I mentioned a couple episodes, our friend Naomi Gold in Detroit, She's the owner of Detroit Yoga Lab. And very early on in Shelter in Place, she offered the this week-long sort of hybrid practice where it was 30 minutes of yoga, 20 minutes of hit, and then t- a 10-minute sit. And that is, like, perfect for me. Maybe she should offer it again after this. And I'm just throwing that out there. Don't steal her thunder. But, you know, you might want to do something like this for your studio because, yeah, it, for someone in my age range and needing to keep up my strength and needing to keep up just challenging my body in different ways after doing yoga for so many years. It's been really great. So I will kind of take a walk or do some kind of hip practice and then do a little bit of yoga. And the poses for me that are feeling good right now are also wheel pose. I'm also feeling, yeah. I, I was saying this because when I was teaching a live stream the other day, like we've known each other in our practices since way before we were married. <laughs> since we were babies. Yeah. Not babies, um, but, you know. And... When I was teaching you, so those of you that don't know, I was teaching a live stream and Andrea was the model in the live stream for one of the classes, for actually two classes in a row. And when we got to Urdhva Dhanurasana, I was really surprised. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. really surprised. I was like, wow, your back bend looks really good. Because I don't have the strongest back bends. Like, I'm a natural forward bender. I'm like, you know, I'm fine, but it's just not, it doesn't even, they don't even really typically feel that good in my body. Yeah, I think it's two things. You're not a supernatural backbender, but also in comparison right. to your forward bends, yes. there's a gap. Yeah. Right? This is the case for most people. Most people have certain ranges that their body is more naturally acclimatized towards. Right. And that their constitution is more acclimatized towards. But your back bends have been really, really, really stellar. And so you remember, you said, why do your back bends look so good? And you remember what I said. Strength. Strength training. Like yeah. Doing so much more strength training, yeah. having the strength in my hamstrings to actually push my hips up and to, really yes. lift my hips up so that I can then kind of, anyway, move back more into my shoulders feels really good. So forearm balance has also been feeling really good to me right now. And that's kind of fun. I, I really loved that pose when I was first introduced to it as a young person. And then I was kind of like, eh, what's and now I'm sort of back to that pose. And it's funny that you mentioned down dog because when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that when you get really busy in your life and you're sort of fitting your yoga practice in or just having Sophia around and kind of seeing us incorporate movement into our day, my go-to is always just like a half down dog. Yeah, yeah, like a, like you mean like a puppy pose, yeah. knees down. Yeah. yeah, just like getting that length in my side body is just with all of the things that go go on in day-to-day -day life and sitting and being, you know, a little bit stagnant, things like that. That's just my like luxury pose. Feels really good. I have a bunch of variations of that pose I've been liking to teach. One of the things, I don't know how well it'll translate, but you know, usually when we do half down dog or puppy, when you set up the hands are on their respective side, right? And what that does is that gives you good shoulder flexion and good thoracic extension. So the shoulder joints moving back and the thoracic spine is increasing its extension, right? But another way that I've been really playing with it is instead of keeping the hands on their respective side, I've been taking one hand to the opposite side oh, yeah. and then capping down with that. And then what that does, there is a possible downside, but you guys should experiment with this because when you take one hand to the other side and then you press all the fingers down strongly, because you've taken one arm to the other side, you've produced more length on the lateral border of the shoulder. Mm -hmm. So it's a more efficient way to get to the lats. Oh, yeah. Right? So when you take that arm across, you get more length on those lateral tie-ins. Yeah. The downside is for some people, it makes it a little bit pinchy on the on the medial part of the shoulder. So if you experiment with this at home and you take that hand more to the midline or more across and it feels pinchy in here, that's not something you want. Yeah. But if it just feels good and kind of lengthener in that, that lateral part of the armpit, those of you that are nerdy about it, it's Terry's major and lat. Are the, those are the two main thing that you're, that you're, you're putting even more length in that. Anything that stretches any part of my side body is like, makes me so happy. Yeah. I have a whole theory about that, but we'll save that for another episode. Andrea's theory of side body. Do, 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 do. Armchair yogi. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yep. Thanks so much. And thanks for listening and watching. And don't forget to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to leave us a review. Oh my gosh. One last thing. If it's thing. a good one. I just, 
crossed over to a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts, which was a really amazing, momentous feeling. So for those of you who leave reviews, I always read them. Thank you so much. I appreciate them so, so much. And it's just kind of a kick to have a thousand reviews. It's and whoever really downvoted. Wait, is it a thousand ratings? Sorry. Okay, yeah, but, I'll yeah. just go on. Downvoted. Don't give me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>